The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about this wonderful organization that was really born in South Orange County, California. It's called Women for American Values and Ethics. And the acronym is WAVE, W-A-V-E. And I'm so thrilled because I happen to have met this wonderful president of the organization. She's the founder and the president, Joanna Weiss. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She started, okay, um, she is the founder and president of WAVE, which started in the wake of the 2016 presidential election, where a small group of women in South Orange County, California, gathered to resist the various ways American values and ethics were being undermined and challenged by the new administration. WAVE has grown into a strong voice for progressive values and is now comprised of nearly 900 women through Orange County, California. WAVE is a hybrid super PAC that also engages in grassroots organizing and community service, and it is a nonpartisan organization. And so we are so thrilled to have Joanna with us. She happens to also be an attorney like me, and I'm just thrilled because I have gotten to hear her speak, and um, I even joined just to be supportive because I thought it was great. So welcome, Joanna. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you so much, Mari, for having me. It's um, such an honor to be on your on your show, and it's been such a pleasure to get to know you. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about WAVE. How, how did this whole thing really come about? Kind of give us a, a real meaty background. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks after the presidential election, I was noticing a lot of friends on social media, particularly my female friends, expressing various levels of uh, disappointment down to grief, really, um, with the election results. I think many women, um, my friends and a lot of women throughout America, looked at that evening that we would be celebrating the first female president, and I, I have two daughters that we would get to show our, our kids that the ultimate glass ceiling has, had been broken. And so I think that women, particularly these, this group of, of, of suburban moms, felt really deflated, um, former professionals, current professionals, and was noticing how often they were speaking out on social media that some of them couldn't get out of bed the next day. Some of them had to keep their kids home from school for a day or two because of their grief. And I wanted to bring the women together. 
so I started making a list, and when the list got to 35 women, I sent an email out and said, let's get together. Maybe we'll drink some wine, write some letters to Congress, and perhaps form a political action committee. And so the next week, we hosted 21 women in my living room, and we did just that. We, we broke bread. We had some wine. We shared our stories about how we were feeling about the election, and then committed to do something about it. And we decided that night to form a political action committee. And we met all through December. Uh, we would have loved to you know, stay home and decorate for the holidays and celebrate, but that's when the presidential uh, cabinet appointments were coming down. And each one to us felt more egregious than the one before. So it was Betsy DeVos and Scott Pruitt, Rex Tillerson. So we were meeting weekly to formulate plans on how to express to our um, Senate and Congress members that they that our dismay that we wanted the Senate to not approve these. And then the Women's March got announced, which further galvanized women, particularly in Orange County. And we were able to add groups of women to, uh, to our new pact then. So within a pretty short period of time, we were at about 150 members, and we've just grown kind of exponentially since then. Yeah, I found out about all of you and what you're doing by the Orange County Register did an article and then Orange Coast yeah. Magazine. So that was, you know, that's the getting the publicity out to let people know, I think is really important. And I, I just wanted to read this mission so that people can hear it. WAVE is a diverse group of nonpartisan women that engages, educates, and empowers its member to advance progressive American values and ethics. So let's talk a little bit about what are the American values that that WAVE is promoting. Yes, we, uh, we do advance the progressive American values and ethics as, as we define them. We believe American values include the value to be inclusive of religion, race, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, we believe people should be respectful of and protect civil, constitutional, and human rights. We believe that there is a, um, an American value to preserve our environment for future generations and that we need to work collabor collaboratively with global leadership to solve the world's complex problems. Um, we also take a stand on ethics. We, we strongly believe that, that American ethics and values go hand in hand, and uh, our the way we define American ethics is that there's a responsibility to a transparent and accountable government. Again, we believe that there's responsibility to our future generations to be fiscally responsible in achieving progress. And we believe that there's an ethical responsibility to compromise in government, cross party lines, and find a middle ground to achieve progress. Yes, and I know there are women who are Democrats and Republicans and independents and they haven't declared <laughs> that right. that I met, you know, which is great because I think it's all about really collaborating together for what is really the best in America. And we see, you know, talk about ethics. We see the the role model that that this administration has had has not been one that we want for our daughters or our sons. And so um, I. I remember when I was so upset about everything and didn't know what you were doing. I was upset about the way things are going down and the, the way people are treating each other in Congress. And that upset me so, and I didn't know what to do. And then when I read about you, I said, oh, 
maybe this is <laughs> maybe this is the answer. You know, years ago, I was elected um, the youngest woman uh, person to be elected to the Saddleback Valley School Board, and and I had to go through a recount because I won by six votes, and it was so wow. crazy. Yes, uh-huh. and yeah. um, uh, and we had so much corruption on that board. I said I'm never going to get involved in politics again because I. I ended up, after uh, several years, resigning and getting three new people on the board to change the complexion of it because I saw what was going on, kickbacks and all sorts of unethical stuff that was just amazing for me, just amazing. And so, you know, but I think after many years now... I realize <laughs> I've come back that uh, that I have to support people that I think are going to do the right thing and be ethical. So I'm so excited about this program that what you're all doing with Wave that I decided you know I just have to um, be a part. And the fact that we're on the campus of the University of California Irvine, I know I went to University of Wisconsin as an under undergrad, which was the Berkeley of the Midwest back and graduated in 19. 19- 70 a long time ago but that was a time you know during the war that people got together and said we don't want this we want peace we want ethics we want all these good things and it really did make a change and so that that part of me that learned that is like okay all these women getting together and husbands that support them or boyfriends or or children that support them or friends um you know, we can make a difference. And, right. I, and, and I know that you've already made that difference. Why don't you talk about the successes that you had? Oh, thank you. Well, we, I, I think you're right. And I think that so many people were dismayed after the election. And that's one of the reasons that I think the women, at least that my, my group, felt like we needed to start something new because it wasn't necessarily the Democratic Party that was the answer. It wasn't the Republican Party. It wasn't um, so many things. It was really something that we wanted to build and have an accountability factor that we wanted to support people and ideas and policies that were progressive, but that included that that ethical piece and that, that um, you have to be bipartisan to a certain extent to get anything done and you have to be accountable to your constituents and you have to be fiscally responsible um, and and preserve the environment and th- those were all things that I think um, harken back to the to the 70s that you were talking about that that, that was you know some of the, the um, items that people were seeking back then and we've been able to I think create somewhat of a movement in Orange County by being almost a thousand women at this point there is a little bit of a groundswell toward achieving some of that progress in, in here in Orange County. So some of the things that we've been able to do is uh, our, our number one th- um, goal for 2018 was to flip the four congressional seats that were previously held by Republicans and flip them to Democrats. Even though our organization is nonpartisan, at this point with uh, our progressive values and identifying uh, climate change as, as one of them, women's reproductive rights, it, Within Orange County, the Democratic Party is the only one offering candidates that fit our uh, ideals and our, our definition of American values and ethics. So we endorsed the four candidates, and our members worked very hard to get those four uh, Democrats elected and to flip the House so that there's one check and balance on this, admin- this federal administration. 
and I know we, that you did you did support two Republicans, not did. for not for the Congress, but um, but you did, and right. and that was another thing to show that you were truly bipartisan, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we had a slate of 22 candidates that we endorsed. It was our, our first time going through the endorsement process. We felt very comfortable with our with our endorsement process. Did did quite a bit of due diligence um, and, and created a process that we feel had a lot of integrity. We endorsed four of the federal candidates in Orange County at the congressional level, um, the four that won, and then we endorsed 18 down-ballot candidates. And uh, two of those, two of those 18 are uh, Republican. And so we we believe that, you know, we're trying to hold true to our our belief that we need to be uh, bipartisan, nonpartisan. And um, and we found a couple of great women to endorse, and we were able to provide uh, $35,000 of campaign contributions to go along with our endorsements. And, um, and it was, you know, we're, we're thrilled that 15 of our uh, 22 candidates won their races. And so for, for a first-time PAC, that we don't believe that we compromised our values in order to find candidates that would win. We didn't really consider whether candidates were viable or not. They just had to be progressive and... Um, ethical. And ethical, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and, and to, to say that 15 out of 22 of those won for the first time out of the gate with, with endorsements, we were, we were thrilled um, yeah. with, with that. And our, our members... Many of them, we while we operate as a as a pack at what's called a hybrid super pack or a carry pack, so we can donate directly to federal candidates, and uh, we have a state pack that can donate to everything from the state down to local candidates, and we have a super pack so we can make independent expenditures uh, separate from the campaign contributions to the um, or coordination with the federal candidates. Uh, we also do so much grassroots organizing, and um, our members are really the boots on the ground for many of these campaigns. So we had women, hundreds of women, who gave thousands upon thousands of hours um, to these campaigns to help flip these seats and turn Orange County blue, and they worked all the way down ballot. So our members, um, based on our, our survey, uh, performed about 1,000 hours a week of wow. uh of campaigning, of electoral activities to flip these seats. So that works out to be a thousand hours a week from the primary to the general election. So we're just very proud of how our members really got out there and got engaged through fundraisers for the candidates that they supported and that we endorsed, um, just supported them at, at every level. So they were knocking on doors, making phone calls, working in the campaign offices, and many became super volunteers with um, with several of the federal candidates. And I know you went into high schools to help get kids out to vote, which was amazing, right? We did, we did. So we have a, a student engagement team that uh, has trained. The way we do it, our model is a little different than most people who go try to register uh, younger people. We train the students to register each other. Mm. So we uh, so we go in as our, um, our, as our nonpartisan self and show students how to register other students. And then we also have develop, developed some curriculum to go along with that to tell students about why it's so important that they vote. We give them examples of some of the elections. Um, the Virginia state legislature that last year was decided by a coin toss. Literally one vote would have decided which party held that state house. Um, here in the uh, 49th, we have a great example where uh, the seat was won by 1,600 votes in 2016, and that's uh, such a small margin of people that if the among the schools that we registered within that district, we 
could have changed that election result just by those students. So in California, we have a wonderful thing where students can pre-register at 16 and then be automatically mm. registered when they turn 18. So we're going into uh, tutorials at the local high schools, uh, usually speaking from sophomore juniors and seniors, and, and we've taken had amazing results there where we'll uh, – let's at one school, there were seven children who were pre-registered prior to us uh, going in and working with them. And then within four days, we had 610 students pre-registered <laughs> there. And so we've registered and pre-registered uh, about 2,500 here in Orange County. And just very um, excited that the students are learning to tra- learning how to do this themselves. That Again, it's not a bunch of... Um, older people going in and trying to tell them what they should do. It's, we, we give them the tools, and then they're able to train, train the other students and then, and then fill out the voter reg forms with, with them. Joanna, that is just amazing. And I know that you, you also have support on this campus here. We're sitting on the campus of University of California, Irvine, and I understand that there's some work being done with college students as well. Yes, yes. So we have um, several professors at UCI who are, are, are really some of our most special valued members and many of their grad students. Um, we have several doctoral students who are also members of WAVE, and they've been really instrumental in helping develop our environmental programs and some of our um, our student outreach, our, our DACA program um, and stance. We have taken a stance and tried to help students uh, prepare their DACA renewal forms, and uh, and we have some great support from from UCI there. We're very happy to have have their um, their involvement. Right, and you know, as people listen to this, if they want to get involved, they can. I just want to repeat your website that if uh, students are involved, men or women, and you know, yep. students, you uh, you welcome everybody, but especially if women are interested in getting involved, the website is wave w a v e the number four, all.org. So we'll say that again later, but I just want to make sure if our students are listening and they want to get involved, they can. Now, I, I had another question for you. Uh, tell us about more about that immigration work that you're doing. Yes. So um, when the we, we do our immigration work on a couple of different levels. Um, when ICE became active here in Orange County, Pretty soon after um, the uh, inauguration in 2017, um, in, down in San Juan Capistrano in particular, we saw a lot of additional ICE activity, and families were being torn apart, um, people deported um, without criminal records, and we learned that there were many families that were in fear of deportation and kind of paralyzed. Um, you know, their families that had been living here for 10 or 15 years, the children were American citizens, but perhaps the parents were undocumented. And um, we tried to find an organization who could help prepare families in case of deportation. Um, it's called Family Preparedness Documents. And there wasn't anyone that we could identify that was doing the work. So as, as you mentioned before, I'm a lawyer, and I have a lot of lawyer friends, a lot of do-gooder lawyer friends. And we banded together and prepared um, our own set of documents and began running our own legal clinics to help these undocumented families. So we partnered with OCLF, um, Orange County Labor Federation, and they host uh, the first portion of our, of our uh, training or our clinics, which is a Know Your Rights if ICE comes. Um, and then they turn them over to us, and we prepare uh, durable power of attorney documents for families um, so that their children and their belongings are cared for. 
um, under their wishes if they're deported. We prepare DMV transfer of ownership forms. We uh, show them how to make arrangements with their school to have uh, similar power of attorney documents there. And we prepare probably the most important document, the minor travel to consent form, for very good reasons. You can't take children across the border that aren't your own. And families were being prevented from being reunited because the caregivers Mm. on this side of the border couldn't cross the border with the children to bring them to the families once they've been deported in Mexico. So we prepare the travel to consent forms and have those notarized so that the families can be reunited in case of deportation. So we've helped um, over 100 families here in South Orange County, and we've also partnered with the Mexican consulate in Santa Ana to run the program um, at the consulate uh, and uh, churches and schools in North County as well. So it's, it's kind of one of our signature programs. It's very near and dear to our heart, mm. and um, we, we welcome all volunteers. You don't have to be an attorney to help. We usually need child care. We have people bring food. We try to make a fun afternoon of it for families who are feeling very vulnerable and um, and scared. Oh, Yeah. Now you also, I, I just honor you for all that great work. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, um, Joanna, what about the your environmental group? What what is? I mean, you had mentioned that before. So, yes. and you said that there's you know involvement at UCI. So, what is the environmental group doing? Well, our environmental group um, first met and decided soon after the election that with. Scott Pruitt, it's the head of the EPA, there really wasn't much of a reason to try to affect climate change at the federal level. And then once Trump indicated he was pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords, uh, the mission of the environmental group became affecting change at the local level. So they developed a unique program to teach city councils why it makes economic sense to adopt community, what's called community choice energy, or CCEs, for their consumers, uh, consumer constituents. So uh, actually, I think we've held two symposiums at UCI's campus to train city managers, city council people themselves, the benefits of doing this, why it, make it makes economic sense, and what it looks like to, to adopt this within your city. And so we've, um, we've lobbied um, Laguna Beach City Council. We uh, lobbied that city council successfully to um uh, adopt the mayor's um, kind of, there's a, a Paris Climate Accord kind of mayor's version, and hmm. Laguna Beach um, mayor signed on to that last year, and uh, they we successfully lobbied them. Uh, and then other cities, uh, San Clemente and Irvine, have adopted feasibility studies to uh, research uh, this, the impact of CCEs. So we've made quite a bit of headway. There are a few other cities um, that we've lobbied. And uh, we're just hoping to... Uh, have the cities know and have the constituents know that there is an alternative to the traditional sources of energy that might be more environmentally friendly. Wonderful. Now, you have a significant presence now in Orange County with a thousand women and growing. And so do you have any plans to replicate your success outside of our county? We're we're looking into it. We've we've had... um, some interest in it. So I, I think there, are, because of our successes here in Orange County, uh, red, very red county within a, a blue oh, yeah, state. For years. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you would never. I, I grew up in Orange County, so I, I never thought this would happen. Um, right. But but we've we've been outreached to to kind of recreate our successes in other districts, and so we are thinking about um, expanding Wave into some uh, to kind of strategically, perhaps into Arizona, maybe Florida. 
and see if we are able to um, help help some women there learn to organize. Um, one of our biggest things is learning to partner, and so finding finding the right partners and um, working with the organizations on the ground to to make some change. Um, we're also forming a 501c4. Um, much of our work that I've described, the environmental and the student outreach, and um, is is really uh, kind of the community organizing. Uh, community service, grassroots organizing, and really should be uh, done under a nonprofit um, status. So we're excited to um, to launch that. So we'll keep the pack, and that will continue to make endorsements, and our super pack will continue its activities, but that we'll also have another branch um, for people to work on and donate their time and talent and treasure. Right. So what else is on the horizon for WAVE? What's coming up for this year? Yeah, well, one of the, you know, on the very immediate front, we have the Board of Supervisors election um, in the 3rd District, so uh, that we're, we're excited about that. We, the Orange County Board of Supervisors makes some very important decisions regarding voting rights uh, within the county, um, tracking of hate crimes, homelessness issues, and uh, there's one progressive on the seat now who just picked up the seat, um, Doug Chaffee, in 2018. And uh, and we are excited about the chance of perhaps getting another progressive on that seat, so we can begin to have a board of supervisors that reflects Orange County's values a little bit more. And um, we, we're uh, critical of the current uh, board of supervisors for not adopting some of the registrars' uh, suggestions, outreach yeah. um, initiatives that uh, you know might cost savings and increase voting um, was not apparently one of their priorities this year or for last year when they rejected that. Uh, so we we think some uh, progressive leadership on that that would be great. We also are looking at uh, increasing our backbench of future leaders. So we're continuing to try to recruit women to run, recruit progressives to run here in Orange County, so we can build our backbench of backbench of uh, leadership. And um, we're continuing to always recruit and engage more members. The bigger we get, um, the stronger the progressive movement is within Orange County and the more we can do. The more influence you'll have. Right. What about corporate funding? Has there, Have any uh, corporations been helping to fund some of the activities and the, the great works that you're doing? No, we, we rely on um, member member donations. Um, we are, um, uh, we, our super PAC side is allowed to take corporate donations, but as of yet, we we are um, just membership membership based and membership funded. So we've um, become one of the largest PACs within Orange County, progressive or conservative. We're proud of that for the 2018 uh, election cycle, and we're just hoping to grow and maybe even double our um, our our reach in 2020. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about taking corporate funds? You know, I, I it would. You know, we don't have a stance against it at this point. Um, it would probably be taken on a on a case by case situation. Um, it's you know we are beginning a gun safety program um, and we'll be working on those issues. So we we definitely have an eye towards making sure that we would be working with a socially responsible organization, but right, um, right. Uh, corporation. But it's uh, but yeah, we we are not um, like a candidate that might say no no corporate dollars. Um, we haven't faced whether to accept corporate funds or not yet, so it's not something we've really had to discuss. Unless they had like a foundation that that uh, was donating, that right. might be something that would be a little bit more comfortable for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. P- perhaps to our five hundred one c four. Right. Right. 
So let's talk a little bit about your website and how people can become involved. Yeah. So um, the the you know the the way to get involved is to go to the website again. It's www.wave the number four all a l l dot org, and there is a contact us form right there, and you can fill that out. Um, we have a suggested contribution of $125 per year for our members. It is optional, and so we treat members the same whether they're able to make that donation or not. And um, we will f- send you a member survey so we can find out what your interests are and where your heart lies and which program or project you'd like to get involved with. And, uh, and then we'd hope to see you at one of our monthly meetings. Well, that is just wonderful. I want to thank you so much for all the efforts that you've put forth in the last just two years. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been so nice speaking with you. All right. So we're just going to say your website again, and we're talking again. I just want to mention we were speaking with the founder and president of Women for American Values and Ethics, uh, Joanna Weiss, and you can go to wave for the number four, all Org. So thank you, and we will see you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Mari. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org in the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.